Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women and the creator of the Transformations with Jane Mastermind, which is opening very, very soon. So if you're listening to this episode and it's the start of February, you still have time to join. Yay! So (laughs) doors close 23rd of February, just so you know. If you'd like to know more about the mastermind itself, um, I do have a link for you. You can go to my website, Transformations with Jane, and it's www.janenakata/slash mastermind. Yeah, so I have a link in the show notes, just pop down there, click on that, go and have a look. And so, what so the process is that, um, so I'm only taking on six amazing women and there are already some people in the mastermind from the current round and so depending on how many of those people keep uh continue um how there how many spaces there will be left so there may be three spaces there may be one space i'm not sure at this point so um if that interests you definitely don't hang around and wait for the last minute just let me know and say hey i want to join what's this all about so what i'm doing is i am um doing one-to-one sessions with everyone before we get started, A, to see if you're a good fit, B, to see if, um, you know, if this is actually something that could help you because I am not going to take your money and uh, (laughs) make you join the group if I don't think that this is for you. So um, we're we're very, very careful about who joins our very special community in the Transformations with Jane Mastermind. So if you think that might be you, then I'd love to hear from you. So um, send me a message and let me know if you are interested. Um, Yeah, so that is the sign-ups finish on the 23rd of February and nobody can join for another six months after that. So (laughs) yeah, it's a long time before the next round opens up. That will be in later in September. So if you really want to make this half of the year work for you, if you are, like you're finding, oh my God, it's February already, like to Jen, well, did we have January? Um, and, you know, some people might be feeling like, oh my God, I just, you know, wasted one twelfth of the year. Um, but you haven't wasted one twelfth of the year. You are ready, right? Let's just get it started now. Let's move on. Let's not be overwhelmed with um, what you haven't done. And yeah, why not start now? Start today. So it's this is Monday morning that you're listening to this, Mondays are a great day to start something. <laughs> we always have a chance to start. Um, it could be the first, it could be a new day is a good chance to start. It could be a Monday, um, whatever you need to get yourself going. Um, it's never too late. So that was my, um, just my little announcement there. Um, thank you so much for listening to that. <laughs> so today um, I am coming to you from a very sunny Gothenburg, Sweden. And um, it rains a lot here. We are on the west coast of Sweden and it's well known for the rain. And sometimes I will look at the weather on my phone and it will say, um, you know, cloudy and it'll be absolutely hosing down outside. And sometimes the weather report will say hosing down and it'll be, it won't be raining at all. So it's just so changeable. And um, sometimes it'll just like randomly snow when there's no, no, absolutely no inkling that's going to snow. Um, and Often it'll show you the snow mark and then it won't snow. So 
but yeah, really changeable weather. And my kids have been really disappointed this winter because it has hardly snowed. I think it snowed for one hour and we were in the park at when it happened and the kids were so excited. They just refused to go home, even though we were like just about getting hypothermia. That's the only snow we've had. It's like one hour of snow <laughs> this year. Um, it's been so warm. And I know other places in the world that are supposed to be having winter haven't had a winter, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's happening all over the place. So, yeah, so far our winter in um, Sweden hasn't been very wintry. Um, next week, I think we've got the whole week of school left. And then next week we have another week of holidays. Hooray! We just, like, didn't we just have holidays? But this is um, what they do here. And it's called, um, like, the winter sports holiday. And they have a week where they where you're supposed to go and um, do winter sports with your kids, right? So, um, you know, lots of families go off skiing um, and cross-country skiing or whatever and, and that. And so this year we are going, we decided not to go anywhere. We're just going to stay at our home. But um, since there's not really any ski areas near here and the ones that are nearby aren't operating because of the no snow, uh, we're doing ice skating this year. So um, I have gotten the kids ice skates and, yeah, well, it's going to be, uh, we're going to be doing a few trips to the one of the, some of the ice skating rinks that they have here which is really really awesome because the kids loves ice skating and I do too actually even though I'm not very good but I'm sure we'll all improve <laughs> over the next week while we're doing things like that so that's something that and a gift that we've had of being here in Sweden is um, these chances to try new things that aren't easy to do in Japan well not where we lived in Japan anyway so yeah I'm um, overcoming the well yeah, I'm not a great skater. So, yeah, I'm going to become a better skater. Yeah, just, just put it like that. Um, I'm going to put my ego away and be a terrible skater and learn how to be a better skater. So uh, just before we move on, I wanted to say a big shout out to my listeners all over the world. So, um, you know, most podcasts have a way of tracking um you know, how many listeners you've had, how many downloads shows have had, that sort of thing. And um, my my one has been showing me which countries my listeners are in. So don't worry. I don't know that, you know, Sally on, you know, on Green Street in, you know, somewhere in the UK has been listening or anything like that. I just know that um, most of my listeners are in this country and then a few listeners are in the other countries, that sort of thing. So, top ranking country uh, so let's give out uh, a bit of a shout out to the top ranking country well the listeners in japan of course yay um you guys are like sort of like 70 percent or nearly or something like 80 percent of the listeners are in japan um the us comes in second followed by australia third the uk comes in fourth New Zealand coming in fifth come on New Zealand <laughs> I guess that's my mum listening yeah um I know a few other relatives and things listen as well. So anyway, um, next coming in one, two, three, four, five, sixth is France. Yay. Seventh, Thailand. That was a little bit of a surprise. Eighth, Singapore. Ninth, Sweden, my new homeland, Sweden. And 10th, coming in for 10th is Germany. So if you're in one of those countries and you're listening to me, thank you so much. And um, there are loads of other countries represented uh, represented as well, but I just thought I'd give a quick shout out to the top 10 there. 
And please keep sharing the podcast around with your friends who um, who might find it useful. So today um, we are talking about the importance of your words. And you know, recently I did uh, an episode on word of my word of the year, announcing that my word of the year is self confidence. Yeah, and that has been a really useful word so far. I have really um, noticed when I've been sort of avoiding things or making up stories about um, something that I have to do that it's hard or difficult or that they um, it's going to think I'm annoying if I <laughs> you know contact them or whatever and just noticing those stories and noticing that I'm just going to use my self-confidence and get on with it so that's been really helping. I hope that you have got your word of the year as well, if you haven't already, um, or um, a phrase even, you know, a phrase or a mantra. Yeah, I also have a mantra, which I love, which is everything is always working out for you or everything is already rigged in your favor. Those, those kind of sort of mantras that I tell myself when I'm doing things and um, they really, really, really help. So as you may know, um, one of my um, sort of not mentors, but sort of someone who I really am interested in what they have to say, and I follow their their, um, their podcast and their teachings quite a lot, and I don't follow many people. I am just, you know, I used to follow all sorts of people and be like, oh, this person and that person said this and that. And um, in the last year or two, I just cut it right down. I was just like, okay, one person. It's just going to be one or two people. And that sounds like a bit sort of fanatical maybe, but I just felt overwhelmed with all the information that's out there. There's so much information. And I think we've all been perhaps feeling a little bit like it's there's too much content out there or, you know, it's just you just can't get through it all and then you don't remember any of it. But um, so I decided to sort of narrow it down to one person and that person is Jim Fortin. And recently he reminded me uh, and through one of his episodes on his very interesting podcast um, that we speak our lives into existence and that just how important words are. So have you thought about the words you're using recently? You know, have, you, um, have you noticed how you speak about yourself to other people how you talk to yourself internally and the kinds of things that you say out loud um, because these create an existence, yeah, that, that your life, yeah? So we speak, you speak your life into existence. So for example, a good one might be, oh, I'm not very organized. Oh, I'm so disorganized. <laughs> okay, you are, you are, you just said you are. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're a kid and people say, oh, you're a boo-boo head. And then you would retort with, I know you are, you said you are, but what am I? And um, yeah, really, <laughs> that's what they just said is you're a boo-boo head. Is that they're actually a boo-boo head. Anyway, so um, a good one I used to be, so, oh, I'm not a runner. No, oh, I could never run. What a load of rubbish that was. Um I'm totally a runner now. Yeah, that's totally a possible thing. Um, another one I had and I've mentioned before is I'm not an interviewer or I, don't, I, I couldn't interview anyone. That's a load of rubbish as well. Look at this. We've got 60, we're into 70 episodes of this podcast. Somehow I've interviewed people. <laughs> um, yeah, so, oh, I'm, 
you know, all these things that we say about ourselves, disorganized or whatever, um, you know, I'm, I'm ugly or, you know, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, the, the internal dialogue is super critical, isn't it? We, um, we say the most horrible things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to anybody, would we? No. Um, so the thing is that um, our minds our subconscious minds, yeah, um, don't know the difference between reality and what, you know, and just what we've, we're telling them, yeah. So if you are telling your subconscious mind, um, I'm a marathon runner, it's going to start believing you sooner or later. So, but if you're telling them, I'm not a runner, well, then that's going to perpetuate and continue. I'm lazy. Or I'm I'm a sporty person. I'm an active person. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's just take a minute to notice some of those things. What are some of the things that we say that you always find yourself saying to? Oh, I'm a bit nervous. Oh, I'm shy. Might be one. Oh, I'm introverted, and that's an excuse for whatever it is I'm trying to get out of. Um, I'm uh, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm too busy for that. Um, what else do we off do? You, People often say to I'm, um, what is it? Oh, I'm short-tempered. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you are. Or um, I'm not really a, uh, that kind of person. I'm not really a, um, I'm not good at technology, for example. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are all things that we just sort of, that just tumble out of our mouths. And, you know, we also say things about other people, don't we? Oh, yes. Um, you know, he's, he's a real um or like talking about your kids, you know, oh, he's going to be an engineer one day or she's going to be a designer one day. Those are just two of the thoughts that I've had about my kids in the, in the last few days when I see them getting really, like just having this natural ability and very natural interest in those things. But that just could be just being kids too, right? So yeah, words, 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 super, super powerful. So be careful how you use your words to yourself and to others. So um, sometimes I get quite sort of like tight, tongue-tied and that I know I need to be careful about my words and then I don't really know what to say and I get all like, um, yeah, I, uh, because, you know, we do just say these things without thinking. So it's good to practice what we do want to say, yeah. So perhaps you'd like to, um, until now, perhaps you haven't been some, you are someone who hasn't run, um, so you would like to be someone who does do that. So we have to practice saying things like, I'm a runner. And I remember when I decided to take on the um, this job of being a, a coach for women and a life coach. And like just being able to say that took quite a while because I was worried, like, what will other people think? Will they get laughed at? Will they think I'm some like some hippie dippy person or something I don't know um especially when I visit like one of my hometowns where you know people are coal miners and fishermen and farmers and um you know those kinds of jobs you know <laughs> work in the supermarket um I got a life coach what do you need that for so yeah um but now I'm mm, been practicing saying it and I'm getting much better at it and I'm finding that because I'm feeling more confident by saying it because I've practiced saying it, that's where the, where the confidence is coming from is because I've practiced saying it 
is that people are really interested and surprised when I say it and they want to know more. It's not, I don't get ridiculed at all. I actually have people say, oh, tell me about that. Who do you help? What do you do? And then we often have a wonderful conversation about, you know, coaching or, you know, whatever it is that they um, want to talk about in their life, etc. So that wouldn't have happened if I didn't, if I just said oh, I'm a teacher or something really boring, you know, not that teachers are boring, but that's, um, it's not exactly true, right? It's not, it's not, um, it's not enough information really. If I'm a teacher, um, I'm a life coach, yeah. <laughs> Always brings up lots of interesting conversations. Okay, so that is all I have for you today. I'm keeping it really short. This is just a little Monday reminder so that you can start off your week in a really, um, really positive, on a really positive note, on a fun note. And yeah, this week, let's just think, notice. And that's the first step, isn't it? It's always the first step is awareness and noticing. What kind of words am I using with myself? Even if you know this, and we all know this, don't we? Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure you already know this, but we just forget, right? We just go on with our, you know, we slip back into habits and we go on our way. We see a, like a meme on Instagram. We're like, yeah, that's so good. I'm going to totally talk to myself in a more kind way. And then the next minute you're like, oh, you useless, useless person. Can't even remember to do this, you know, like. So it's so easy to forget. This is the <laughs> friendly reminder to be very careful with your words and you speak your life into existence. So what kind of wonderful, beautiful things are you going to speak into existence this week rather than what kind of poisonous or um, destructive kind of things are you going to speak into existence this week? Have a think about that. Just sort of sit there for a minute before you head off and do whatever it is you're doing or maybe you're cooking or driving or whatever. Um, if you're driving, don't do this, but um, just sort of maybe take a moment and write it down. Yeah, what what wonderful, beautiful things are you going to speak into existence this week? Yeah, that's a really good one. Hmm, I'd like to think about that. And um, what will I speak into existence this week? I have to. I might have a bit of a, a journal session myself after this. Very good. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, next week we have uh, Jackie coming on the show. I hope you look forward to listening to her. She is, she has so much wisdom and I just, just love like, you know, all her um, advice and her support is just so, you know, rock solid and sturdy and, and reassuring. Yeah. And we have a, a really f a fun conversation, but also some really funny, weird things happen um, as well. So that's a bit of a cool interview coming. Also, I am going to be interviewing one of my, lovely well actually two of my lovely students that I currently have in my mastermind and I would really love for you to hear from them about um you know what does it look like for them you know now that they've been with me for six months and how their lives have changed and because I'm just really super proud of them for stepping up and doing the work and showing up and making changes and noticing how how good things are for them um increasingly good things are for them because you know they were they were already doing really well before but now they're doing even better and that's what we're aiming for is better than before okay have a wonderful week see you next time bye bye
about four years in, I said to my boyfriend at the time, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to England. Like, I don't really see what my future holds in Japan. Um, my visa's about to run out and yeah, so maybe it's time. And uh, he took me to an onsen in Akita and proposed. A cunning way to get me to stay. It <laughs> worked very well. Yeah. Uh, so here I am. And it's great thanks to my husband uh, now that my name is Shinkai, which is Atarashi Hiraku, which means new open. So oh, wow. when I started the business three years ago as a facilitator and coach, I was like, wow, new open, Shinkai, that's a great name for a trainer, right? Just to mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, make mm -hmm. different possibilities and creating different spaces. So um, yes, thank you, Shinkai-san, for bequeathing me that name. Yeah, that, that's kind of a very cool, like, I mean, obviously you could never have predicted that you were going to marry someone like that and have this, but it just, you know, the, the, all the dots lining up and just sort of creating this very cool thing. Kind yeah. Of, yeah, like the, 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 the story and the different pieces. Yeah. Together. yeah, yeah, they all yeah. just sort of click in um, a way you never imagined. Yeah. yeah. And, and then so around that time, I had decided that I would, um, I would still leave the language school and I joined the JMEC program, which is still going. And I met some amazing people. And then I decided to send out because I was working as a trainer at head office of Eikawanojios. Um, and I sort of started to apply to some recruitment companies. Um, to get a job in HR as a trainer. And uh, they all said, you haven't got enough experience, but would you like to be a recruiter? I thought, hmm, okay, maybe I'll have an interview. And I went in with a company called Wall Street Associates. And um, I thought sales, some sales experiences would be good. I didn't imagine that I would stay with that. <laughs> this is kind of the story of my life. I never imagined mm -hmm. that I would you know, still be here. I never imagined I would stay with that company for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, because it had such an interesting journey and continues to, to grow and uh, go from strength to strength. So um, testament to its great culture and the people that they have. Um, but, you know, when I joined, it was 25 people privately owned by a great guy called Nick Johnston, who taught me a lot. Um, and then when I left in Tangle, let me get this right, 2016, does that sound about right? Yeah, 2016. Mm -hmm. um, we were a subsidiary company of N Japan. Um, so, you know, Japanese, massive public company. And we had 800 people across Asia Pacific, including about 200 in Japan at the time. And I was doing marketing, totally different from the sales job that I joined. And I'd had a lot of different jobs during those 12 years as well, because the company kept changing and I kept recreating myself, more transformations mm. along the way. That's amazing yeah. that you, yeah, like, you know, even though we're in Japan, you still had the chance to recreate yourself and yeah. do different jobs, you know, even though it was in the same company, yes. um, you know, that's like, that kind of thing doesn't really happen where I live. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here like green with envy almost, but, right. um, but yeah, that's, that's, fa that's fantastic that you were able to do that have that experience um, yeah and i think that's something that you know i talk a lot about in my work when i talk about ikigai with people about you know life purpose and what do you love what you're good at uh, what can you be paid for and what does the world need that it's like a series of transitions and a series of transformations to you know, use your your branding um that different conversations that you need to have with different stakeholders none of the jobs which i had existed before I had them apart from the sales job. 
Right. Um, so everything was a case of me sort of going, hmm, not that happy here in this role right now. Quite like the company though and the people. Mm, where do I see some gaps and where might I be useful? Where can I add value? Mm. And sort of negotiating around those positions. And when I work with a lot of participants in workshops or in coaching, you know, I'll be in a, in a workshop with a company with, you know, 20,000 people in Japan, people say there's no opportunities for me. You know, I'm working with high potential women, for example, no opportunities for me in this firm. Like, I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, who have you talked to about this? Oh, I talked to my manager once. Right. I, it's not enough. It's right. not enough. Mm. Um, now, I also heard a story the other day of someone saying that it's easier actually for me to get a job with another company than it is to use our internal mobility program. But that is a different issue. Right. <laughs> right. That's all about politics. But this is, you know, at least then you have had an idea of what it is that you want to do. You've talked about it. You've tried to have those conversations and you've done everything you can. Mm. Um, because I worked in recruitment for so many years, although I wasn't in sales for the whole time, I just saw a lot of people who went from, you know, one sort of ill-fitting role to the next, but in another company, they had a honeymoon mm -hmm. period, six to 12 months, and then they're back on the job market because they've not done the inner work and they've not really tried to reveal what was going to, you know, make them feel fulfilled and be meaningful work. And they're just kind of letting yeah. what seems like a natural progression happy, uh, happen, sorry, without yeah. actually breaking it down. And that's not every candidate, of course, but uh, a large mm. number of people who were seen as so-called jumpy, that was why. So tell us about Ikigai and, and what, what does it mean to you and how do you um, incorporate that into your trainings and things? Yeah, so I wish I had known about the Ikigai model in like 2015, 2016, when I was having my kind of midlife crisis and <laughs> feeling um, very depressed at work. And I got, um, oh, what's it called in your back? Uh, like a hernia slip disc. Right. I was laid up in bed and it was around that time I started to work with a coach and do a lot of um, uh, work around yeah, what I was looking for and informational interviews and all those things. I just wish I'd had the knowledge of this Ikigai model um, to help me in, in that time because I found since then when I use it, every time I use it in workshops and when I do the work on myself, it's like, oh, this is a really helpful framework to just check about balance. So I originally heard about it probably from the same, um, you know, meme that everyone's seen on LinkedIn and Facebook <laughs> with a four part Venn diagram. And just before I got on the call with you, Jane, I actually read an article that was totally debunking it. Um, it was pretty interesting. So I'm going to have to go and uh, reread that and, and see what I think about that view. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I met a lady through Points of View, which is a coaching tool from Israel that I use a lot in workshops. And her name's Narumi Isoda. And she had created a work, a process using points of view and Ikigai uh, framework to help people discover and answer the questions of what do you love? What are you good at? What can you be paid for? And what does the world need? And I remember that uh, Isada-san said, you know, she picked up uh, the lovely Hector Garcia's book um, about Ikigai, which is a great read and a really wonderful introduction to the topic and very much focuses on um, the blue zone in Okinawa and looking at the background of uh, Ikigai, so I do recommend that. 
Um, he's still living in Tokyo. He's a really nice guy. I've met him once and hope to catch up with him again soon. So hey, Hector, if you're there. Um, and Narumi said, you know, she read the back of the book, the blurb, and it's something like, all Japanese people believe they have an ikigai, a reason to jump out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was her reaction. That right. was my reaction. So when I met yeah. Narumi and she said that, I was like, yeah, you're, you're my people. Um, so I think that the model is like so popular overseas yeah. um, and it's, po you know, positioned as this thing that, you know, kind of cool Japan and it's all in there with the wabi-sabi and all of these different things. But mm -hmm. like, as we know, as people who live in Japan for a long time, um, not all of these things that you, you know, don't believe everything you read on the internet, just as <laughs> with everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily how people are living um, their lives. So I saw it through as a coaching tool and as a model, as a way to help anybody, regardless of their nationality, to just focus a little bit more on purpose. Um, but particularly for my Japanese participants, I just get a lot of feeling that people are doing gaman. Yeah. And they are, they're definitely working hard. Um, they are in the office. They're putting the hours in. But there's quite a large number of people that I've worked with, um, either you know, in my previous firm or um, as participants, who don't seem to derive any kind of joy or purpose or meaning out of their work. And it's more about, this is a job which will pay my bills. Mm. But let's say, for example, you know, in the UK, this is a job that will pay my bills and then I clock out at six o'clock and then I go off and I do you know, my music or my art or I'm with my family. I feel like a lot of the people that I work with say this is a job that pays my bills and doesn't leave me with any time to do anything else. And I should be grateful for that. I because, should be grateful for that. Yes. Because if I lose this job, it's all over Red Rover basically. Right. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, if you, if you off ramp at any point, then don't ever try to get back into planning. Yeah. To mm. um, yeah. So, so I use it as a way to encourage people to, think about what's important to them to see how they might be able to bring and integrate sort of different aspects that just kind of make their lives a little bit happier every day. Um, and to let people know that, yeah, you deserve to have options and you do have choices. I sometimes feel like a lot, but maybe it's because of the timing that I work with people, but people are just feeling so broken and that there's no way out and, and there's no other possible option. Mm. And I want to help people to see that actually, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but maybe there's a small thing that you can do at work tomorrow, or there's a way that you can reframe this relationship, or you can even scandalously just stop doing this task and nobody will notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would happen? Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love I love all of that because it, it you know can start today, yes. and a lot of Japanese people are gamaning, and and it's not all Jap just Japanese people, but I especially see Japanese people um, gaman well putting up with things. Let's use the English word. Um, yes, for, <laughs> persevering, for, uh, persevering for like until they retire. You know, like it's not like until next week or for a month. It's yeah. like really long periods of time that they're, they're thinking that they're going to put up with this or yeah. persevere with this. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe if you just tried 
you know, let's just do this, some little shift or change and see how that affects things. You'll be in a different place in a year's time, you know? Um, So, I mean, like as we've just seen this weekend, so you gammoned, you gammoned, you gammoned, and then everything that you had is washed away. Is it worth it? And did you really live your life every day? And I'm getting a bit uh, goosebumps (laughs) saying this. So Mm. like, what's it all for? And I'm not saying like, okay, let's uh, chase some hedonistic dream of like full on enjoying ourselves every single day, but just kind of check in and go, you know, I I was reading an article, some, some research talking about, uh, yes, actually a lot of Japanese people, according to this research, do believe they have an ikigai, but only I think was maybe 25% of it find it in their work. Right. Um, And a large number of people find it in their family. But when you think about how family time is i don't even know the word to say like not valued or just even put to the side so it's not prioritized right yeah Yeah. not prioritized thank you (laughs) i can't even think of the japanese word so there's no excuses there um you know saying that um i'm doing it for my family but you're providing financially but are you there for the other things and you know i have a friend who works with um a lot of senior uh you know butcher male butchers and uh, like senior managers and they're like scared to go home yeah because they don't know their family and i'm like and you you know you have been doing this you have been putting in all this work for your family but what's the output Mm. right at what at what cost and at what cost yeah so so I, I guess it might sound like I'm getting a bit preachy, telling people how to live. That's definitely not my intention. Um, my intention is to just help people see like there's some other ways that you can approach these things. And here are some tools that you might want to use. Here's one way to ask yourself some important questions. And, um, you know, in the workshop, it's just about creating the space. Um, but the journey programs that I run are definitely about like, let's make this a little bit more practical. Mm. And I like that it's practical because, you know, your average person is not going to sell everything and move to Bali to be supposedly happy. And I guarantee you they wouldn't find happiness in Bali anyway. Um, You can be happy with what you have now. And, you know, it's just, yeah, let's find what it is that the little tweaks that you can make now that'll that'll lead to happiness. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes, so Montainai, yeah. Oh, Montainai. And that's the thing, you know, when you see, I see people in different workshops and you see how they light up and how they engage and just all the hopes and dreams. And Japan is going through a massive labor shortage. So people have lots of ideas, but they don't Mm. have necessarily the psychological safety in their organization to share them. Very afraid of failure, risk averse. So, So that's like another piece of my work as well to create inclusive cultures where people can share those ideas regardless of their gender and their background and their age and whether they went to the right university or not and just Mm. let's use what's making us unique humans to help build our business build better products for our customers solutions um yeah yeah it's not helping anyone or anything hiding your light and yeah that's but we want to shine not (laughs) (laughs) for the guys as well the guys as well and i mean just recently i heard someone um in my one of my friend's friends um just he was like 28 and just dropped dead like Mm -hmm. from 
overwork, from um, responsibility, from, you know, all the things. And I just think that's, that's so sad. Yeah. That, that right. It's just terrible. And this is, you know, in, in not even in Tokyo where you imagine, you know, this is in Fukushima, you know, right. <laughs> you know, it, overwork happens everywhere and um, it's a real thing in Japan, especially. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's enjoy what we have. Yeah. yeah. All we have is what we have today. So right. <clears throat> and you know if people have from a from an economic standpoint and i'm not an economist so again don't project me on this but when people have more leisure time then they are able to contribute to the economy in a different way so that's where discretionary spending comes in that's where people are able to feed tourism um you know when we're only uh our only input into the economy is through our production through our work and we're not consuming enough then obviously that's going to have an impact on the other end that's mm. a very that was finite, like, you know, what, yeah, yeah, finite what amount of energy what was it called happy fridays i can't remember oh that was a thing wasn't it wasn't it what yeah was it? i mean it was like i can't remember what it was called now yeah anyway happy friday yeah, wasn't it happy friday yeah and we went so we're supposed to go home at 12 o'clock but then nobody was it 12 o'clock or was it like five o'clock <laughs> I can't remember, but we're all supposed to leave, supposed to leave on time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the irony, right? Um, mm. but, but although then what happened was, you know, people, a couple of people I talked to about it were like, yeah, we had like a company drinking party. So I still didn't like mm. go to the cinema with my darling or yeah. take my right. family out for dinner. It was still like organizational focus. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. So you have got some workshops coming up. So please tell us about them and how people can join them if they're, you know, they've heard something that they really like the sound of today while we've been talking. Great. So one of the uh, workshops I um, come, I can't even speak, (laughs) coming up on November the 6th in Tokyo. It's a half day workshop in the afternoon and I will be collaborating with a Stefan from New Works and I can never pronounce his last name so it's going to kill me so I won't butcher it now. Um, and we're going to be using a workshop around the Ikigai card game, mm-hmm. which is interesting because rather than having the fourth, third and fourth questions, it has a reality check zone where you're asked to sort of questions like, um, what's one of them? Being honest with yourself. Can you really be good enough to differentiate yourself in this market? You're like, oh, wow, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, whereas I, you know, I do a workshop that I talked about, Isada Sans um, Creative with Points of View, and that is um, <laughs> very like dream big and, and just explore and see what's possible and don't edit yourself. And um, the Ikigai card game sort of brings it back very much to like really, you know, um, how are you going to do this? How are you going to make it happen with your reality right. check? Um, mm-hmm. So, I can send you. Uh, and your listeners a link to sign up by a uh, doorkeeper okay yes do send that to us and we'll put it in the show notes yeah yes thank you and then another workshop i have coming up i've talked about points of view a little bit today um so this is a as i mentioned a coaching tool from israel that uses photos and words and just makes this amazing unexpected but precise is one of the uh, the buzzwords of points of view Mm. just these insights that you have um, great communication tool. You can use it for self-coaching. You can use it for one-on-one coaching. Um, you know, if you're working as a coach or a counselor, 
Um, you can use it in groups for if you're a facilitator, uh, but also it's been used as a strategy tool within organizations, talking about career conversations, teamwork, culture, mission, vision, values, the whole, um, the whole nine yards of different ways, sort of infinite possibilities of how you can use it as a workshop format. And I will be running the first time actually in English, the new academy program, and I will be offering the level one um, academy program called Hello Points. And it's six hours. You get a pack of the coaching game, which is 65 gorgeous cards and a book and uh, focus notes, all of these things. You also get a pack of punctum, which is 33 beautiful cards and question cards and uh, reflection cards, um, as well as you know, actual take 